This is Dr. Daniel Vanningham with this week's parenting podcast on gaslighting, the already overly used term of gaslighting to describe your parenting. (laughs) I've heard the term gaslighting from 40 different clients in the last three weeks. The already overly used term of gaslighting. Uh, Does it describe your parenting? Um, Look, gaslighting is a type of Uh, emotional abuse. Someone who is gaslighting will try to make a targeted person doubt their perception of reality. The gaslighter may convince the target that their memories are wrong or that they are overreacting to an event. Um, Gaslighting is a tactic in which a person, in order to gain more power, makes a victim question their reality. So in the movie Gaslight, which is from 1944, A man manipulates his wife to the point where she thinks she is losing her mind. So, as you can imagine, it's a form of emotional abuse that's seen in abusive relationships. And it's it's a form of manipulation where a person is forced to question their thoughts, their memories, and the events that occurred around them. And, you know, a victim of gaslighting can be pushed so far that they question their own sanity. Now, the important thing here to remember is that this behavior occurs in abusive relationships. The problem that we have now is the extreme overlap of terms and overgeneralization of concepts into everyday situations. So it's not just uh, where one questions their own sanity. Soon, gaslighting is everywhere. So the further we get from clear operational definitions of things, then what happens is we get terms that are used to be and that used to be saved for certain situations. They're now being applied to every situation or everyday situations. Let me give you an example. So a husband who argues with his wife about money also means a wife is arguing with her husband about money, most likely. You have two people not listening, having difficulty summarizing the other person's point of view, and having difficulty rejecting, or excuse me, having difficulty reflecting on how the other person is feeling. So in therapy, the job of the counselor is to help this couple learn some of the following skills. So first they learn how to make I statements, right? So um, if one partner says, you make me so angry because you are always late. Right, so an I statement might be, I feel frustrated or I feel angry when we don't start dinner on time. So the first one, you make me so angry because you are always late. Or several problems in that statement. First of all, it's a you statement, right? There's blaming, significant blaming. And there's an overgeneralization. You are doing this all the time. Really, it's making you statements that is problematic. But... Uh, good counselors teach couples the skill of making I statements. So I feel frustrated. That's sharing how I feel, right? It's being vulnerable with what's going on in my experience. And then instead of what sometimes couples do is they're learning this skill, they say, I feel frustrated because you are always late. No, <laughs> that's not going to work. Best to, to make a we statement make it sort of like as a team 
And, you know, so I feel frustrated or even I feel angry when we start dinner late. So there isn't blaming. It's expressing how you feel, how I feel. And it's I'm being vulnerable with what we as a team are, are doing. Making I statements can be really powerful. Another skill that can be developed are reflections. So reflections can include, um, it, it sounds like you're saying this, and then uh, the person's point there is being paraphrased or even summarized. Or it sounds like you feel um, upset about your relationship with your sister-in-law. So that would be an example where I'm saying, I'm reflecting how you're feeling about what you're saying. Am I hearing you correctly? So it sounds like you're saying, or what I hear you saying, I sense that you feel, these are all examples of reflections of statements or reflections of feelings. Or if I say it sounds like this is important to you, reflections of meaning. But these are examples of reflection. So I statements and reflections um, are skills that a couple would use. Here's the point. Prior to learning and applying these skills, again, back to the couple who's arguing about money, you have two people who are not listening, not demonstrating these skills of using I statements and reflections, and in the past, this behavior used to be called stubbornness or pride or poor listening. Now, whoever starts with the name calling first, behavior can be described in extreme ways like toxic or abusive or emotionally abusive or controlling behavior. So that's what we've done. We've We've moved away from clear operational definitions of things, and now we have these strong terms. And I'm seeing this now with gaslighting. So, and to bring up my ongoing change series, one of the most common overgeneralizations spoken in this situation, like a couple arguing over money, you always do this, right? You have always been this way, or you will never change. So, so again, these are, would be mistakes. Now, people do change, and uh, most likely they haven't always been this way. But back to gaslighting. Why am I bringing this up in the context of a parenting podcast? So I've heard over 40 clients, 40 individuals, say to me uh, in my psychology practice just in the last three weeks that so-and-so is gaslighting me. One of the fundamental goals of parenting is to teach personal responsibility. And, and one of the things that's coming up is the use of gaslighting when describing parents. Now, it's not harmful to a child if the parent remembers a moment differently. You know, whether it was asking if Teresa can sleep over and dad said no, or what was spoken about the pickup time after school and... Uh, uh, teen son had to wait an extra 30 minutes after theater practice. Some teens, teen, some teenagers will use the term gaslighting because Jenny feels that her feelings are invalidated. 
Look, if mom was busy with two pickups after soccer and volleyball practice, two phone calls, one to a plumber, two errands, one to get dinner, and somehow in the midst of this, she told her teen to stop pouting and start helping with cleaning up the van. Help out and clean up the van. This is not gaslighting, an invalidation of Kara's feelings. This is living life and teaching personal responsibility. Sometimes life doesn't allow for sitting down and processing feelings in the middle of a ton of decisions and stuff that we do as a family. Later at night at a family meeting or a one-on-one, we can talk about how you didn't like it when I said stop pouting and really express how you were feeling. It's then the job of the parent to validate their feelings, try to hear from their point of view and engage with the skill of perspective uh, perspective taking, which is taking the teenager's perspective. And try to understand, that's essentially the goal. So again, even if the parent does remember the moment differently, um, the use of gaslighting I think is problematic. Ultimately, the goal is to validate your teen's feelings. But this is one of those things where we're just tossing around terms. Look, it is true that the nature of the kid, based on neuroscience, is fully underdeveloped. A child's brain does not have a balance of brain structures and neurotransmitters. A child's brain gives too much weight to the amygdala, the emotional center of the brain. A child may dig in during times of confrontation, and the negative feedback loop between the amygdala and the hippocampus drives the discussion. They remember what they want to remember. Um, So let's take a look at some things that parents say that sometimes is called gaslighting. Um, Here's, this is what is sometimes being referred to as gaslighting. You are, when a parent says you are making a big deal out of nothing. It's true that teens blow things up. This is called magnification because of their emotional flooding. Here's another phrase that sometimes is referred to as gaslighting. I criticize you because I love you. Now look, when I talk to a parent, I call them on this. I don't think it's gaslighting. I just think this is poor parenting. This is, when someone says, I criticize you because I love you, it's sort of like an old saying. And often when I'm talking to a parent, they heard that, they say that because they heard that from their own parent. To me, this is justification of criticism, which is unhealthy. Uh, Feedback about specific behavior is normal and healthy parenting, but the goal is to eliminate criticism. What happens when a child, a teenager grows up feeling criticized, they become critical of others or they become hypercritical of themselves. It becomes this internalized message that becomes part of their internal working model or part of their uh, temperament, their thought process, their internal thinking process within their identity. Here's another phrase, stop being dramatic. Now, this is not something I say, but I know a lot of mothers who say this. Sometimes a teenage daughter is rushing into catastrophizing, right? What is catastrophizing? This is worst case scenario thinking. 
I see this in my psychology practice all of the time, especially when anxiety is high. Now, is that a gaslighting phrase? No. Um, here's another. Um, here's another phrase that also is being discussed as an example of gaslighting. You know, look, you're hungry. You need to eat food. Or someone says, you're not cold. Come on, you're doing just fine. Um, or you're tired, go to sleep. Well, you're tired, go to sleep is normal interactions. This is normal parenting. This is healthy parenting. You know, not everything needs a psychological concept. Not everything needs this new psychopathological term. Remember how I've talked about in the past where over psych we're pathologizing childhood? This is it, where we throw around terms for, for normal communication. Now, telling someone you're not cold, look, I agree that this is ridiculous and maybe even dysfunctional at a very small level. Look, I, had, I used to have a grandfather who would say I wasn't cold after I said I was cold. <laughs> he simply had a hard time believing another was cold when he wasn't cold. It was a simple misunderstanding based on thermodynamics. He was heavier, more likely to be warmer, and get colder at a slower rate than a person with a smaller body. His way of saying you aren't cold was just a reflection of his misunderstanding of changes in body temperature. It's not a big deal. But now we have an entirely new concept. But look, this is not gaslighting. A lot of these things are normal parenting. So an overly used term of gaslighting is certainly out there for parenting. What is the most important thing here? The goal of parenting especially with teenagers, is perspective taking. And if we definitely want to validate feelings, um, but we do want to help them define reality uh, in a healthy way, even if it doesn't match ours. We do want to take perspective. Perspective taking is a skill that parents need to develop with their teenagers. We also don't want to overly pathologize uh, childhood or parenting by using these constructs to describe every normal communication and behavior. This is Dr. Daniel Vaningen with this week's Parenting Podcast.